Welcome to One Long Conversation. I'm Sonia. And I'm Colby. This is a podcast about spiritual awakening. Yeah, and through that we talk about art, culture, conscious parenting, and healing yourself so you can express and freely share your unique perspective with this world. This is a fun and informative conversation that we have daily, and we're sharing it with you. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. And we're live. We're live. It is post solstice. We are now, and the sun finally came out and is finally shining. Thank the goddess. Wow. How beautiful. I know. Seasonal affective disorder is no joke. No joke. And even when you supplement with as much fat soluble vitamins, especially vitamin D3 and K2 combined, is what I recommend for everybody, Uh, they support each other. It's still, it is not a replacement for sun exposure. We, I mean, we need the sun. We, we call this seasonal affective disorder, but we are mammals and all mammals, whether they relocate to a warmer climate or just go to sleep, experience this in coldness. And so mm-hmm. I, I mean, I used to be like, oh, do I have like seasonal affective depression or whatever? No, I don't feel I, right. You know, you did. You, yes, you I don't. Feeling. I don't feel depressed. It's I feel. Depressed. I feel depressed when I get like, when I get uh, upset about the fact that I have to hibernate because whenever this cold rolls around, I just sleep twice as much as I normally yep. do, and I think that it's it's just a natural thing for mammals. I think it's a mammalian thing. It is, which is why I would really love to be able to go south. Mm-hmm. For this time of year, I would love to be able to go to Mexico, and it's something I intend. It's something I have lots of conversations with, with higher self and the guides. Hey, I don't do well in the cold months. This body doesn't do well in the cold months. It's sluggish. It's not natural. It doesn't feel good to me. So how about setting up a more southerly home point for six months out of the year? I'm happy to come back to Oregon then when it's lighter. It's a low light area anyway, and we live in a much brighter area than we did when we were in Portland. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of shifts. We are we're still in the full moon energy, and post solstice. Now that we're moving more towards the sun, and there's a lot of shifts. There's a lot of changes happening, and I say that every time. But this one's really big. People mm-hmm. are either um, I'm hearing bouts of insomnia. You didn't see it as insomnia. You just saw that, hey, I'm up at 2 a.m. And <laughs> No, I, I, I don't judge when my schedule turns around or whatever. I, I don't really subscribe to that. Right. Mm-hmm. You also don't have kids yet. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the people I've been hearing from, they all have kids, and they're like, I'm up at 2 a.m., and I can't go back to sleep, and I have to work two jobs tomorrow, and I have a bunch of kids, and oh, my. What are we going to do with this? All right, I'll clean. But I know this is going to catch up with me. So, yeah, that's that's going on. And also having to sleep, that's been my issue is that I have just had to sleep yesterday. You know, we're driving up to Portland. I mean, I I just – you were driving. I just passed out. Same thing on the way back. Kaim was driving us back, and I was just passed out. Right. Like my, my head – and I feel this, very, this heaviness 
in the skull and the crown and the brow. It's over my eyes. My eyes feel very hooded. I feel very heavy. Um, my body's having some hard times. It just doesn't do well with cold weather and mm -hmm. the, the barometer change and all of that. I do really well in the sun. But I'm getting a lot of messages from people who are struggling right now, and they're struggling with ego. A lot of struggle with ego is what's going on. And my observation of that is we are being shown through our external world still, and it's get, it's gotten very, very loud as we're moving into these next two years of challenge. 2024 to 2026 is change, dramatic change. Pluto in November of 2024 fully enters into zero degrees Aquarius. It's right now 29 degrees in Capricorn. That may be one of the reasons why people are seeing more of my reserved face too publicly. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I know, because it's conjunct my moon in Capricorn. And they're like, yeah, those pictures, you look a little bit more conservative. Yeah, it happens sometimes. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I honestly... For anybody who's listening, who has, who knows me and has seen my, my, when I'm with my parents reserved face or when I'm in public and I'm, I'm listening and observing and I have, cause people are used to seeing animated drama and talking and mercurial, but I do have my little reserved moments. That's the Capricorn. I personally love that about myself. I just noticed that everybody has a tendency to note that you look a little reserved in that picture. I like being, I like having that reserved look. I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not feeling reserved within. I literally am just like, I've pulled back and I'm just being the watcher. I'm just watching everything. I'm taking everything in. And I love that I have the control of my ego to be able to do that. I love that. I know that I'm doing it. I'm completely mm -hmm. aware that I'm doing it. I'm like, okay, I'm with people now that they want to talk more. We need to be quiet. Let's listen to them. Mm -hmm. And then I can see everything that's going on completely. But um, yeah, that's happening. Pluto is, is in Capricorn again, and then it's going to go back into zero degrees Aquarius. I think I, I, think I heard, because I'm not looking this up in the ephemeris anymore. I think I heard it was the end of January or February that's going to return. And then it goes back into Capricorn in the spring. And then it stays there until November of 2024. So we're probably going to see war, more wars pop up. Yeah. It's causing, it's, it's what it's doing is it's showing us how we are battling within mm -hmm. is what it's doing. I want control. Especially depending on how Pluto is aspecting Mars in that time. Um, I've heard some interpretations of Pluto essentially just being sort of a, almost like a, how we interpret asteroids in in astrology as being sort of, we'll use Rick Levine's terminology, harmonic frequencies of like a fundamental frequency. Yeah. Pluto essentially being a harmonic frequency of Mars. So Mars being the fundamental note and then Pluto being sort of a harmonic of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's what's going on right now. We are as, as a collective consciousness, we are seeing the reflection of how we battle internally, how we are fighting and struggling, how we dualistically resist. Mm -hmm. And I personally have stopped resisting duality. Mm -hmm. the, the solution to all of this, because I'm a solutions person, I'm always looking for, let's, 
let's resolve this so that we can come together mm -hmm. and share equally or not equally, whatever feels good. The solution to this is absolute acceptance. So everybody who is listening to this podcast, you all know who you are. And you also message me personally. And we talk personally. And I've shared this with you individually as well. Colby and I have shared this with you individually in our Patreon group when, we, when you've come on. Accept. Accept your inner conflict. Accept the part of you that doesn't agree with everybody. Especially those of you with strong mutable in your chart, you know who you are. Accept the part of you that has a voice that says, I know this is going to cause conflict, but I need to step up and speak my truth. Speak your truth. We've been sharing that with many people in, in our Patreon sessions. And then we gave an astrology consult as well. Um, you have to accept that part of you that is conflictual. You will change it. Mm -hmm. It will change. Accept Mars in your chart. Mm -hmm. Accept Saturn in your chart. How have I, I have a very difficult, just as you do, mine's a little bit more difficult though. I have a difficult Saturn and Aries placement and it aspects it aspects in dissidence to some other aspects of myself, some other parts of myself. And it's been a struggle for me for decades. And finally, in my, I would say in my early fifties, because in my late forties, I had a massive internal battle going on that the moon and Capricorn kept under wraps very well. Like I didn't want you three to see it. I didn't want my students or my clients to see it. I still had to do all the service work. I had to parent as consciously as possible, but I had this internal battle going on within deep, deep, deep self judgment, deep self dissatisfaction. I am not living the life that I saw myself living as a small child. Something else that I, I know that several people say, I've heard people who are social media influencers that I listen to from time to time. It's very interesting and I want to bring it up here. The only person that I want to impress in my life is my five-year-old self. I hear that. I think that's wonderful. However, my five-year-old self wanted to be a Broadway star. <clears throat> My five-year-old self wanted to be married for life to one man, wanted six children. I was very specific about this. My five-year-old self thought that everything would look very different than it does now. And when I look at what my five-year-old self saw the world as, I realized that that's not living in the now. And living in the now is different than what I thought of when I was five. And so I don't want to impress my five-year-old self. I want to impress who I am now in this moment. I want to honor where I'm at right now and say, it doesn't matter if you live in a big house. It doesn't matter if you own a farm. It doesn't matter if you have all, you know, if you've got, if you, if you own your dwelling it doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. It doesn't matter if you have a relationship with a partner or not. All that matters is that you have gained knowledge from your life experience, no matter how much life you've lived, and you're serving others with that knowledge in a way that helps them. 
that's all that matters. Yeah, that's um, that's what you've decided is most valuable to you, mm-hmm. which I think is admirable. I think I think everyone though is always deciding at every moment what is most valuable to them, and something that I've been reminding myself of lately that um, I saw someone talking about is that everything that you want is necessary for your growth, your spiritual growth. Everything that you desire that you come into this planet with in every single moment, it's not for no reason. You know, if I say like even the things, see, because we have a tendency to have the superimposition of the ego, the overego as uh, Freud and Jung would have called it, which is the the judger essentially. There's the id, there's the ego, and there's the superego, which essentially says what's good and what's bad and what isn't, you know, and the superego has a tendency to apply a lot of labels to all of these things and say, oh, this is frivolous. This is not, this is good for your growth. This is bad for your growth. But really it's a judgment of, of just being, you can live in a state of, of pure, uh, desire. Really, you can live in any state that you want to be in. You can live in a state where you're living sort of this, spend thrifty sort of life where you just go out and you you buy whatever you want and you get what all this stuff and you can live a life where you appease your five-year-old self and you become all the things of your dreams because the the end result is going to be the same no matter if you do or you don't do those things which is if you if you do pursue it if you really want it then it's good for your spiritual growth if you decide that it's better off for you not to pursue those things and it's better for you to focus on other things then that's also good for your spiritual growth there's no bad answer there's no wrong answer there simply just is and in that state of isness um i think it can be really hard for us as as humans to to accept that ultimatum the the spiritual ultimatum that all that is is good because it's good for our spiritual growth to have a super ego that can define things and sort them based on good or bad. That's how we make choices and that's how we navigate through life. But it's always good to step back and remember that everyone in the state that they are right now is completely and fully serving their purpose and doing exactly what it is that they need to do, no matter what it is that they're doing. That's a really good point. It's true. And that's why I was talking about acceptance. Yeah. I was resisting when we came back from South America, you didn't go with us. I was resisting what the next step was because I was listening to the ego want of international travel with my children and teaching these huge yoga classes and workshops around the world and in tropical locations and all of that. And it's not to say that that won't come in again. It's just, that was something that that was actually something that kept coming in. And I saw that. And what, what higher self was showing me is I have to let go. And I've been this way since I came into this body. I have to let go of the expectation of what my imagination is showing me is going to become a reality in the timeline that I want it to come into being the lower self. I want it to look like this. There's where the moon in Capricorn comes in. 
I want it to have this kind of structure. I want it to be organized in this particular way. And if it doesn't go that way, I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to then see myself as a failure. Here's where the moon in Capricorn comes in. And what are people going to think about me? I'm not the success that I thought I should be. It's not, there's a whole success theme with that for any of you that have some strong Capricorn in your chart. And I had to learn in my late forties and my early fifties to let go of any expectations at all. The whole purpose of going with the flow of life and also in the law of, actually the law of manifestation is about this. Law of abundance, law of manifestation is all about this. You, you cannot have expectations of it. The whole point of it is the element of surprise because you're learning something new and you can't learn something new if you expect it and then it arrives. What's to learn in that? My ego didn't like that. And so there was this feeling of, I have failed in my success. I'm not as successful as I wanted to be. And there was a whole reputational status with it. And there wasn't this internal battle over that. The Aries in my chart wanted to forge ahead and just go ahead anyway. I have this huge part of my personality that says, knock down the wall and go through anyway. (laughs) And I've done it before. And I would say that sometimes it's worked and sometimes it hasn't. And then there's another part of me that says, no, we have to stay here and be dedicated and build. And then there's another part of me that says, we just have to nurture everybody and make sure everybody's safe. And then we have, an, I have another part of me that says, yeah, but what everybody else is doing, that just keeps flow and harmony. So let's just do that. And that's the self note. And that's a very small part of me, but it's still there. And I had to learn how to accept all of those voices, all of those wants. I had to accept them and I had to completely surrender to being in the moment because they're all out here. They were all coming out. They were all being projected out. It was was constantly taking me from being in my center of what what I see other people. I want to measure up to that. I have been a person, and I think a lot of humans are like this. I have been a person, as we're speaking of being a person, who compares myself to others. A lot of us do that. It's a lot of comparison. I mean, of course, there's going to be a lot of comparison. We are a collective consciousness and we all need community. We need family. We need community. And we have this tendency to put this standard of measure, this measurement of if you can make it to here, then you've accomplished. And then there's more knowledge to coming to here. And then you can go to there. We do that. We do that in childhood games. We do constantly, we do that in board games. Board games are all about a measurement of success, a measurement of wealth, a measurement. They're very patriarchal. Our board games are, if you think about it, Monopoly and chess and checkers and all of that. Children's games, old sidewalk games like hopscotch, all of those games like tossing beanbags and everything, darts, bows and arrows, archery, all of that. Those are all very much kind of Saturnian Mm -hmm games of let's see if we can get very focused pinpoint and accomplish something as if that's going to bring you into this greater sense of knowledge 
Well, it does. It's Saturn and Mars, <laughs> uh, and, and they do, because to experience that that sense of of drive and competitiveness, it gives you definition through time, and and really that's that's what we are is we are just sort of measuring our way through time, which is you know obviously a very Saturnian concept, but. I think it's it's very very important not to uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to the identification of uh, you know Saturn's role and Saturn Saturn's role is literally to define time and so we've we've given all these words to it like structure and patriarchy and uh, government and um, uh, jobs and uh, all of these sorts of concepts are just words that we've given to definitions through time. But that's all that it is when we boil it down to it is literally it's just Saturn is the timekeeper. And then Mars uh, plays with that because we have that sense of drive and action that we can use in those games as well to essentially uh, match uh, intensity. So then it's like, well, how intensely can I experience my progression through time? You know, if I'm if I'm really putting my all into it, if I'm really combining Saturn and Mars together, I have intense focus. That's the combination of Saturn and Mars is intense focus because you're both in the moment while also thinking about the future. And... This is something that, I mean, I feel as though I'm I'm really speaking through the the Mars opposite Saturn archetype that I have in my chart, but that's what I see, and that's what I've come to see through through my experience with that. Is it's it's it, there's an artist that I really like, and um, she said something once, and it was it was fascinating. It was in an interview. It was an offhanded comment. Somebody said something about just brought up ego and when they were talking about like creating art and, and making essentially some Saturnian measurement of yourself through your art in the world. And she was like, yeah, most things are driven through ego. And I, or she said, all things are driven through ego. And I was like, yeah, I thought about it for a really long time. Cause at first I, I wanted to reject that. And I was like, no, 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 I can't be true. And then I sat and I thought about it and I was like, Hmm, I was like, no, that, that actually is true I, because ego is inescapable. It's impossible to leave it while we are here. And this is why, you know, even the even the uh, ascetics will tell you the same thing. All the Babajis and the Mujis and all that, they have not abandoned their ego. They simply sit with it. And it's the sitting with it that really allows you to, for them, as people who have struggled with their ego for such a, a you know, extended amount of time, sitting with it is really how they've they've gained peace with that. But some people they get they gain a sense of peace through their ego uh, more easily, uh, as I would think of it more easily. That's my definition that I put to it because I think if you come into this world and you sort of have like a mission and a drive and you're like a person who just gets out and does it and you have like a vision for yourself and then you go and you do that thing, like that's somebody who to me naturally came into this world with a little bit of a, a more graceful slippage into the ego. Whereas there are people who come into this world with like all these fragments, and they're wrestling with it, and then they got to go into, you know, mysticism and spirituality, because they're like, I can't even comprehend like what is going on right now in my brain. Like, this is just too much. I got to sit with this because I just can't. It's too much. I can't deal with it. I'm, I'm being pulled in all these directions. And I get really upset and I get angry. And it's all these intense emotions. It's like that's, to me, that's more friction with the ego. I'm seeing more of that the wrestling with the fragmented reflections back at you in your external world and your hologram. I'm seeing more of that with your generation and with the millennials. I'm seeing a lot of that. And I would say the late Gen Xers as well, just to, just for my Virgo to classify them, to file them. 
is I see a lot more of that. I am not seeing that as much in the children who have come in as this next generation. I'm seeing that they are incredible. Like I observe them out, out in the world. They are incredibly focused, very, very focused. And they are incredibly intense. I am noticing that those of us that are older Gen X, we're not, we're not uh, grappling with that as much. We went through that. And I'm glad that you also brought up about, you know, the G's, the, the Babas and the Papas and the Mujis and all of them. <clears throat> the, the gurus, the, the yoga gurus, and probably the, the Buddhist monks as well. Something that when I was watching the latest, one of the latest interviews with Muji, um, and we were, we were listening to some of that together. I listened to the whole thing and sent it on to some of my key people and some of them had already seen it. I loved when, when the interviewer asked him, do you ever find yourself slipping back into personhood and forgetting, forgetting this conscious, this, your consciousness and Muji very, <clears throat> very confidently in this is almost funny way with a smile on his face. He was very intense about it too. And he said, Oh, I, I slip back into person all the time. The difference is that I'm conscious that I'm doing it. I'm conscious what I'm, when I'm in it, I'm deliberately doing it. I'm enjoying it. And then I can come out of it and go in it and come out of it. Those were that wasn't verbatim, but that's that was the essence of what he was saying. And I was doing my yoga practice in the morning when I was listening to to that. And it's so interesting because I realized it it helped me to reflect. I realized that that was a state that I had started coming into in 2020. That I realized when I was coming more into the ego but I was consciously enjoying coming into the ego and, and using the ego in order to express or connect with another. And then I realized that I could easily consciously slip back into being the observer again. And this was actually when I was doing my system jobs. I'm um, in early 2020, right before, you know, the pandemic really started to rev up here in North America. And it was like, oh, and I remember the first time I did it, I was doing body work at the body work, at the body work shop that I worked at, it's fascial stretch therapy. And I noticed it with one of my coworkers who was a massive antagonist, a Karen. <laughs> That's actually her name too. And, and she was just at me, at me at me. And I was exhausted. That was an exhausting place. It was in an exhausting area. And in Portland, I was in an exhausting place in my life. And I literally was able to just easily come right in with full consciousness and just present to her through absolute wisdom. And I even spoke to her. I knew, I knew her chart. I spoke to her astrologically and in a very compassionate way, because she was such an antagonist. She was so verbal in my face. She was Pisces, just in my face. And I really triggered her. 
She had eating disorders. She was she's a lot younger. She's a young millennial and disrespectful. And we had already had a lot of talks and, and we were, we were agreeable colleagues before we started working at that place together. So I just consciously came in and just let her know, I hear what you're saying. I totally get it. I feel like you are coming at me as if I am an enemy of you, as if I'm not a supporter and you are way off balance with that. And then I, I called out some aspects in her chart and said, I, you're acting like this and this and this and this and this in your chart. I want you to know, I see you, I hear you and I'm not receiving support from you. So you need to back off. You're not my superior. I'm old enough to be your mother and you need to show some respect. Because when you get to be my age, you're going to want the same thing. And she backed off, totally got it backed off. And then I was able to consciously come back out of that role. And again, just become quiet and still because I didn't have a client yet and just observe and breathe. And I remember that feeling of being in that I came in through ego. I came across as commanding and fierceful. I used the strong cardinal in my chart. I used the, the grace of the mutability and let her know without tearing her down, but yet letting her know where her place is in my world and where my place is. And then I was able to come back and I was able to totally have control out over my body using breath and observation. And I was like, internally, I think I, I think I finally figured this out. Mm. I'm like, this is interesting. What an interesting feeling. And then I suddenly started seeing orbs all over the place. And I was like, I think, I think I'm figuring out how to use this body and how to use the energy of the ego in order to help others, but also express myself at the same time and honor myself and honor them. I think I got it. Yeah. It was fascinating. And I've been practicing that since. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I got from the, uh, the Muji quote, and I think I was downstairs when you were listening to this uh -huh. is that basically the, the summary of the message was why not have both? <laughs> and and I, I find that that's a common theme because I actually, I don't, I don't look at, I don't think that there's anything to gain from having awareness. I think that prior to being aware, you exist in a state of loss because you have lost a part of yourself and you're unaware of it. And coming into awareness is actually removing the illusion that you are whole into then the reality that you are whole because you can then experience all parts of yourself, which is an experience of positivity and negativity. It's an experience of, it's an experience of messing up. It's an experience of saying the wrong thing. It's an experience of, of having to, to really take full responsibility for yourself as who you are. And Sometimes I hear this this sort of idea that coming into a state of awareness makes you less fallible of a person. It makes you it makes you more capable of not making mistakes. And I find that to be a blockage 
because that's a sense of avoidance that prevents you from really the bravest part of awareness and awakening, which is accepting that I'm actually going to be conscious through my mistakes, which is very, very difficult for the ego to fathom because it means that you'll have to feel the pain of having done the wrong thing while you're there doing it instead of in hindsight. And that is, is very, very challenging, but, but it's, it's necessary in order to fully come into that, that full breath of, of learning, because that's really what it is, is it's, it's learning. And, you know, you learn through all of these different facets. It's not as if life suddenly morphs into some greater thing where you have then attained this sense of like Godhead and you are therefore walking around with this, this inflated level of responsibility. Oh, I am, therefore, I am holier than thou. It's, it's, it's much more so of a, I'm actually equal to, if not less than, because I simply am this small, minute speck in a greatness of everything that is. It's an acceptance of your role as, as just a small, minute little part of, of a grandiose experience, which then means that when you come into these situations where before maybe the ego would have pushed away the learning because I, I'm too big for that, I, I'm better than that, I, I, I'm stronger than that, I can hold myself better than that, or you know, I've, I've attained this, I've attained that, I've lived this long, I've done this and that. It's like there's all these justifications that the ego gives to push away learning. But at the end of the day, you are no different from who you were when you were five years old. You're still the same consciousness. And this is why pushing away those illusions, I think, fully requires a great deal of bravery and a great deal of honesty and integrity, uh, much more so than it requires uh, some sort of assumed confidence or, or, or sense of growing into because growing into is a concept that really doesn't translate to spirituality or awareness either. Growing into means that there's always something to achieve, which there isn't. Uh, it's, it's, it's more so just seeing that there are parts of you that you have lost because you weren't aware of them. And then you realize that they were really there all along and now you're whole again. You've just come into yourself. You haven't gained anything. Thank you so much uh, to everyone who listened to this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, feel free to check us out on Instagram at One Long Conversation to get some updates on our future episodes, our future content. Um, you can also follow us on Patreon and become a member. We have a lot of interesting and awesome perks and uh, cool ways to connect with us and, and our community that we're forming there. So go over to Patreon uh, at One Long Conversation. And you'll find us there. Um, we also have these episodes going out on YouTube now. So if you go to YouTube yet again at One Long Conversation, uh, you will find video versions of these episodes. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. We'll see you next time.